welcome to Frown Town. Your number one good service. <laughs> this is my one good service is doing this podcast. That's Some people, the most I'm going to do. It's funny because whenever I hear the, the word service, it always makes me think of like church, you know, mm-hmm. like that not like a purpose. church, not like a church <laughs> service, but like when somebody says like, oh, I'm going to go do some service. They're like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go help people. But then there's also like in the BDSM community when someone's like, I'm going to go do some service. That means mm. that they're going to be like, I don't know, a lamp post with a with a butt plug in or something. <laughs> uh, so are they just holding like a, a lamp? In that case, then? <clears throat> no, I imagine that they uh, have a light bulb, a special light bulb shoved in their ass. Okay. And then they bend down and they're tied into that position so that their ass is in the air. Mm. Excuse me. And then they, uh, and then, and then you use a, um, a TENS unit. Like one um, of the, yeah. The electric would that actually things? light a, yeah, would that light a light bulb? <laughs> I don't know, but I'd be willing to try. I'd be interested. <laughs> I've actually, so I've I've played around with one of those. Just uh, I guess in a if in the a tense unit context, doesn't work, a, then I can try the any. violet wand. Two kinds yeah, of electrical devices. Yeah, I've played around with the violet wand before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in a, I guess it's weird because it, it was in a sexual context, but in a non-sexual setting. Does okay. that make sense? Yes, it does. I don't know does. if that makes sense. It does. Yes, you make can sense. have both of those things together at once. It, it was like, oh, okay. So the, I don't want to have sex now, but this is a very sexy thing. Uh, <laughs> I love those, by the way. I think they're fantastic. I was shocked at the price tag on one and was like, like literally shocked and also figuratively. I was like, <gasps> they're oh. great. I have one that I was given uh, as, or I can't remember They're if I bought it or I was given. Though. It's a big one and it's got a ball that's like almost as big as my head. Um, yeah. It's pretty cool. They're expensive, but like you can find cheap ones for like a hundred bucks. I but I don't know if I want to use one that I'm not comfortable with. Also, I guess I need to say this. Uh, I'm Jay Jones. Oh yeah. I'm V Chatty. Uh, <laughs> this is Brown Town. This I don't is know if I want to use the one. I, Vi- I don't. I feel uh, weird about it. I feel weird about it. I know I shouldn't because I get the disinfectants y- and like alcohol. Yeah, work, but I feel weird about it. It's a glass it's like tube. Used, it's like I wouldn't want to use dildo. Like it, it's just you like, don't put I those know, tubes inside of yourself. Not most of them. If, well, I don't know if people. I don't know if people have ever. It's a really thin glass tube. That's it true. It would be in. Extremely ill-advised to put it inside of yourself. A hundred percent. And just, some of them are not shaped properly. There's one that's shaped like a comb. Yeah, you, you can't the put one that I inside saw was like just It was just kind of. Oh, I just hit the mic trying to describe it. It's just round, <laughs> is what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. But um, so that's that has nothing to do with anything. How how are you, V? <laughs> what have you uh, been up to? <laughs> let's see. Uh, I went to my first open mic last night. Oh, uh, snap. Since the pandemic. I I do started. love that uh, because you're you're now vaccinated. You can go to small gatherings. That's awesome. Uh, I want to yeah. look vicariously through you. How was that? Oh wow. So <laughs> I'll say this. I went and um. I didn't know if I was going to be able to get into the bar because I have uh, all three of my IDs are somehow lost in my house. Oh, nice. <laughs> because that's how let's uh, that's how often I go out is never. So I don't yeah. have any of my IDs and <clears throat> you have 3. That's amazing. I have 3. I have a, I have a license. I have a license that I re- replaced. Oh, okay. Uh, and then I have a passport and all of those things are just somewhere in my house. And yeah. uh, so I was like, I don't know what their door policy is or if I'm going to get carded when I get a drink and they're going to kick me out. But it turns out I look old now. So Yay. <laughs> didn't need to worry Hooray about that age. at all. 
Hooray for age. Um, let's see. I went, I'll say this. Uh, I, I went with, with, uh, my roommate, uh, Megan DK, who had a killer set, by the way. Uh, nice. Killer, killer set. And Megan does kill quite frequently. Megan does. Um, and we were the only two people that were vaccinated there. Out of like four or five, right? No, there were, the list was full. The, the list of oh, comics was full shit. because we were on standby. So uh, it was, a, it was a lot of people. It was, it was a full bar. It was a very full bar. Um, we, and, and also kept, comics kept coming up to our table and being like, hi, hello, how are you? And pulling down their masks to talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> they oh, also man. um that mic uh there were no nobody wipes the mic down in between people which even okay. even though i okay. haven't vaccinated now i can't man cool. i can't not cool yeah. uh because like I, the, the idea of someone else's get... spit you could still get stuff and my immune yeah. system is not properly uh exposed to all this shit yet so i will yeah, get, get i'll sick. get a cold immediately so <laughs> yeah you, it's not like you're superman now I wore you, you my mask, sick. except when I was, you know, when the, uh, I wore my mask when I wasn't drinking or I tried to, um, okay. I, nice uh, you. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, That's really nice of you. I would have just been coughing on everyone there. I brought Fuck a mic, uh, cover. <laughs> I brought a nice, mic cover. Like a little mic condom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was pink. I brought one and that seemed to immediately, uh, tamp down the whole bar. Um, <laughs> I did. did I forget how drinking at bars is. Uh, I did give the bartender like a $3, $4 tip for every drink. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was so, I was so, no, I was just thankful uh, to be being served in a bar. Yeah. And um, also you get, that is <clears> true. you get incredible service when you over tip. Uh, and I like being treated well. So I over tip. It's really just about me, not them. Uh, let's see. My, my set, I bombed, which... Okay. My first night well, back mean, at an open mic, you, it's as God intended. If you started by covering the mic when no one else did, I would imagine that like there's a already kind of like a, oh, that's right. There's a pandemic reminder. And yeah, just, it's a real high heel to have to like climb immediately. It so is. You know what? That. You're right. You're right. I, I was the only person who covered the mic. Um, And also, the, here's a fun thing. There was a man who okay. had a beard, a beard and man. he walked into the bar he was he was not wearing any mask at all. Mm -hmm. He had a t-shirt on that was like pro-insurrection. Oh, dope. And then he did a bunch of jokes about how I... Th he didn't really say much. What I can gather from his general vibe was that he's upset about pronouns. He really likes the phrase, we live in a society. Ha, <laughs> uh, that's... Uh, it uh... was... Uh, and then also at one point he tried to, because uh, I believe I had had a few too many and heckled uh, mm -hmm. him. And I don't remember what I said, but I think I just asked him to please tell jokes. And because um, <laughs> he was, he, he was, I think he was six, you know, it was one of the classic heckles where someone's statements. like, where someone's like, oh, like, haha. Was his, so they mentioned their jokes and then you shout something like, well, where are your jokes? Because, yeah. you know, you've had three beers in a public place. And uh, he thought that the best way to insult me was by comparing me to Elton John, which not, really? not insult. insulting. 
It's not an insult at all. Thank you. People see, like, I, yeah, I wear round glasses because Elton John wears round glasses. Like, I have a section in my closet for velvet and a separate section for sequins. Um, What else? Uh, I'm really gay. Uh, Well, it's because... A person like him can't imagine someone hearing that they look like Elton John and thinking that that's a good thing. (laughs) Also, uh, well, not so much now. Elton John now is just okay, but young Elton John was hot as fuck. Ooh, like baby, a total smoke show. Like I, well, and you know, this guy isn't paying attention to old Elton John either. Like he hasn't seen a picture of Elton John in at least ten years. So yeah. Exactly. He's, Ten years ago, Elton John was still pretty hot. As far as I'm concerned, uh, thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, like, thank you. You just called me hot and British. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. So it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a night. Yeah, that sounds um, um, terrible. I'm glad I wasn't there. <laughs> I wish you were. I, at least someone would have been laughing no, at me. Uh, well, that's true. I I would have laughed at your jokes, but I also probably would have contracted COVID. You know I, what I think I'm the looking- problem is? <laughs> you know what I think the problem is, Jay, is that it's... Because I was thinking about, you know, oh, maybe it's time to get a mic going. I have a few venues who would be interested in in doing that with me. And I keep thinking, like, I don't want to do that. Because all the comics that I know who are, like, responsible... Yeah, are not going to mics. Aren't going to mics. <laughs> and I don't know very many comics right now who are vaccinated. And you can't exactly be like, uh, this is a mic for vaccinated only people because that... You can. You 100% can. Yeah, but Jay, <laughs> can... <laughs> it makes me really uneasy because the when I was in line for the vaccine, um, you know, it was one of those lines that snakes through a parking lot. And I'm uh-huh. going to say this, when I was in that line, you know, there are about 250 people in line at any given time, you know, and they're moving through too. So there's always someone coming on the end and someone going out the front. So it's a mm-hmm. constant, you know, 200, 300 people. And I counted because I wanted to see something and there were like five people of color. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So, so it just feels a like counterpoint. It feels like disc- a vaccinated it- only mic would be like kind of classist to me. And I mean, racist. It, well, first of all, it's, it's going to be classist and racist, but it's not like you're being classist <laughs> and racist. No, you're not being classist and racist. You are actually being safe. So you're like, all right, I want to run a safe mic. I want to make sure that anyone who comes to this mic, like we're both swigging energy drinks. I oh, sure bro, I got to. I had a rock star. I like how, uh, any, so basically what you're saying is anyone who comes to this mic, I want them uh, to be safe. I don't want to be responsible for you or your loved ones getting COVID. Like yeah. there are people who are still like catching and dying from the coronavirus yeah and it is the uh distribution system and the people running it that are forcing the classism and racism upon vaccination not okay. you okay okay so you're just okay. like i'm trying to be safe and yes you're correct it it, it is uh somewhat classes and races but it's because it's based on a system that is classes and races not you you're just like i want to be safe and also not responsible for other people getting sick it's That's just, a really key part of this. You yeah. want to make sure no one else catches anything. Yeah, I don't want to be responsible for that. I. Uh, <laughs> it also, it was a thing of like, um, I, oh my God, I totally blanked in the middle of my sentence. 
I... I don't remember. That's what. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> here's, here's what I did. Uh, I can make a segue. Here's what I did this weekend. Okay. Um, I, I played video games. Nice. Um, and I, I'm playing this one game. I, I, it's, a, it's a Star Wars game. And it made me think about something. So here's what happens on the game. There's this entire planet called Bell Savas. And I won't go into a lot of detail just in case someone plays this game. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. But what you find out on this planet is that it's an entire planet that is a prison planet. The entire planet is a prison. Oh, I don't like want to go you there. Touch down, great. When you touch down, it's just prison facility everywhere. And here's what's interesting about this. So you're you're a Jedi. So you're one of the good guys. And great. I'm using this in air quotes because I got to tell you what their good guys are doing. Oh, no. When you get sentenced to this planet, if you have children there, your children have to stay on the planet. They are prisoners of the planet as well. Huh. Huh, indeed. So like you're like you you find this out like as you're going through like the story or whatever of what's happening, you you come to the planet to like stop some evil force or whatever. <clears throat> and then you get there and it's like, oh, okay, so the this planet's being ran by, you know, the Republic, the good guys. And then you start learning like the aspects of what's happening. You're like, huh. The good guys are being real dicks about prison. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know what it made me think about? Right now, the and I'm using quotes, the good guys are running our country. And Oh, no. I think, yeah, I think they're also kind of being dicks about prison. So I feel like we, and, and you know what? I want to talk about prison. And when I brought this up to you, you made a solid point. Uh, we talked previously about uh, mass shooters and guns. Yes, we did. And you were like, well, we should talk about restorative justice. And I was like, but okay, yes, but no. Um, (laughs) You're like, we only have one hour. Yeah. Prisons aren't about justice. Let's go ahead and get it out the way. Prisons and sentencing are not about justice. It is 100%. Punishment. Correct. And punishment and justice for some reason are synonymous. It's like how people think of discipline and punishment of being the same thing. And it's like, nope. The only discipline and punishment I want is on these holes <laughs> seriously i <laughs> this pandemic has been rough for you <laughs> uh, although i will say i after going to an open mic i no longer have a spit fetish there you cured go. me That'll solve it cured me uh, uh god i can't believe they weren't <laughs> the fact they weren't cleaning that mic but okay so let's talk about uh i want to talk about restorative justice but i want to push that to another show so we are going to talk about restorative justice on another show most okay. likely the next show uh so that'll be friday's show i however want to talk uh about three specific things that i think with the system that is in place we need to do to make it better so we can talk about whether or not this works next show let's talk about uh why it's broken and if we're going to keep these things if, the bare minimum that we need to do to correct some of the problems within the prison system. Yes. Uh, so we don't have a prison planet, thank God. And Oof, not yet. No one so far. That Elon Musk hasn't has done actually, that yet. Uh, oh no, you froze. I think you disconnected. Oh no. Yeah, V disconnected. I will loop him back in shortly. We don't have a prison planet and no one has had a baby in prison that had to then keep that baby in prison with them. So that is not a thing that currently happens. Hey, you're gone. But, uh, hey. Hey, I just do want to say I could hear you the whole time. And I want to say that there actually are prisons where people bring their children. Uh, namely in India, if you are a sex worker and a mother and you get picked up and sent to the prison for women, which is a lot of sex workers. Wait, what? Uh, you, yeah, you, you bring your kid with you to prison. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, that's not funny. That's terrible. So, like, I mean, I guess it's 
I have feelings. It's about like that. bring well, your kid to work day, but it's every day and it's not work. It's prison. That's terrible. And okay, so yeah, let's focus on America. I'm sorry, I made you sad. That did hurt my feelings. Uh, but this but, is Frown Town, baby. That's true. Uh, but I do think that some of the things that we have in the prison system and the way that is ran right now, even though we don't uh, in America <laughs> freeing children, to, we put children in cages, but only non-American children. We don't do that to American children, fortunately, uh, unless we're talking about like, don't, yeah, we'll, don't remind we'll me about like, well, also like <laughs> there are quote unquote, there's not, they're not prison schools. They're like the schools that, uh, cause uh, I know the it's one called in an alter- It's called an alternative school. And yes, I went to one for the last half of my senior year for having a yeah. roach on me. I they I have, are uh surrounded in barbed wire. I have been threatened to be sent there, but I've never went. I, I guess I'll also ask. Don't her, so go. I, I won't. Uh, ha- I know that we both have been arrested. I know we both have that. Yes. Have you actually spent like time in? I guess, I've been in jail in general population jail. So like it's it was like so it was I was in jail at the at the station and then they transferred me to what would have been me in prison for a weekend and I was like nope and I bailed. Okay. Literally bailed. Uh I spent enough time in general population to be like I'm not doing this for 2 days. I I am on edge the entire time. Not fun. Have you spent any time I guess in jail or prison? I've been to juvie. I've spent okay. like a day in jail. I didn't have to stay yeah. there overnight or anything because my mom picked me up. <laughs> no shame in that. I yeah. <laughs> I wanted out so bad. Like so, <laughs> I got I got picked up at night and uh, they put me in like the the jail with like just uh, and we had a whole little confrontation. Uh, me and the police officer because he was racist and I called him mm-hmm. racist and then he got mad about me calling him racist of and course. tried to beat me up while I was cuffed and then no. when I laughed at him, yeah, he was ineffectual at it though. was he but punching was, upwards to try and hit you he, so what, what he tried to do was so i was cuffed he tried to like grab me and throw me up against the wall but like i'm so much bigger than him he couldn't get enough force so he was just like, <laughs> so I was, like laughing at him because i was like I, I was really laughing at him because it was like you know he was trying to like rough me up but he could tell like he wasn't gonna try to punch or hit me because then it's like oh he's assaulting me he just right. wanted to try to hurt me, and I was just giggling. I was literally laughing at him trying to hurt me because you know, like, <laughs> you're being a bitch about this, uh, <laughs> which I may have said. But long story short, so then I, they were like, "Well, we would have let you go, but because you called us on our racism, uh, we're gonna put you in general population." So then uh, I went there. I was pro- I was promised breakfast, and I didn't get it, and I didn't ask about it because like <laughs> it's like uh, it's like what what is it a hotel? Jay? I was promised. The- I the continental breakfast. breakfast. I was promised. So I was told I was going to have breakfast. I was actually very hungry. Uh, I was extremely drunk and kept, like kept sobering up and I wanted food. Um, <laughs> and so then I I got put in, you know, straight up and down general population, uh, full strip of your clothes. They gave me like uh, a mattress and a blanket. And they're like, there you go. This is where you're going to stay. Oh, yeah, I got the strip search at uh, Juvie as well, but I think it was just because they thought I was hot. Um, I mean, they may have thought I was hot, but they they did strip me. Uh, the, the worst part about it was um, they gave me, and I this is a weird thing, but like I they took my underwear from me. I wear boxer briefs. Oh, and They rude. gave me just straight briefs, and like I don't... Do you think they give the briefs guys boxers? I think they do that on... Yes, I think they do it on purpose. <laughs> I and they were they did not fit so they don't like they don't have my size like yeah. you know 
a bigger you have per- to special a- order your clothing i do actually <laughs> uh, you're one so of like, like two people i know that's so tall they have to like order special clothes yeah and like nothing fit so none of the pant the pants were too short the sleeves were too short the t- like the briefs were like all up on my nuts so i spent the entire time just like very uncomfortable and i they did give me lunch it was a bologna sandwich with miracle whip which fuck you that's oh you torture. got a condiment that's cool it, well, it was Miracle Whip. Uh, well, it wasn't really. Mir- it was the salad dressing. So it, was, it just said salad dressing. And when I tasted yeah. it, I, it was. I was like, oh, "This is Miracle Whip. It's not mayonnaise. Fuck you! How dare you give me Miracle Whip?" Uh, <laughs> and then carrots. They, they, it was like a baggie of carrots. Mm. And this dude kept walking around asking everybody if they wanted their carrots. And I realized at that point that I wasn't cut out for jail. So I was like, "Am I gonna have to fight him for some carrots?" <laughs> <laughs> and what I found out is uh, the lunches in like a for private prison or excuse me for-profit prison are actually very similar to that so that was like a shitty ass like lunch and dinner there was nothing like cooked there was nothing it was just all like thrown together sandwiches yeah and the reason for that is in a for-profit prison they're actually trying to save money so like it's easier to just give you like a bologna sandwich with like one slice of bologna by the way which again fuck Mm -hmm. you when when you give me literally three times as much bread as bologna fuck you fuck you forever not even cheese which i guess kind of a good thing oh i guess i got a cheese i got cheese and bologna but no condiments and i was a vegetarian at the time so oh well double fuck you were like (laughs) i want the carrots <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I need to, that, that. You know what? In retrospect, the dude walk around asking if people are going to eat their carrots was probably a vegan or a vegetarian. Yeah, and just didn't want to eat bologna. And I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to fight this motherfucker for these carrots. <laughs> you can't have my carrots. He was just, he was just a peaceful, loving dude who was a vegetarian. Yeah. Well, like, that's I not just, true. Hitler was a vegetarian. I well, guess you I mean, can be. In his case, though, he wasn't like violent. trying to like establish dominance over me. He just wanted carrots because he couldn't eat bologna. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it was it, me, Jay. Was, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the insight. I was ready to fight you. Um, here's, here's what you should know about private prisons in the United States. Uh, 8% of the total state and federal pr- prison population is in a private or a for-profit prison. Eight, eight percent. Eight percent. That is 115,954 people. Because we put a lot of motherfuckers in jail. 115,000. That's a lot of people. Yeah, that's only eight percent of our total prison population. Let that sink in for a minute. 115,000 is eight percent. It's not even 10 percent of our prison population. It's fucking eight percent. That's how many people are in prison here. That's a lot of people. from 2000 to 2019, the number of people that were in private prisons went up 33 percent. So it went up a third. Uh, And the overall prison population only went up three now when you say private prisons and for-profit prisons are those Same synonymous thing. okay great those are good. synonymous yes so uh 21 states actually have private prisons texas so washington is the f- no thank goodness texas does washington, texas does uh, all washington's right not problems- gonna get arrested when i go to visit my mom <laughs> you shouldn't uh washington's problem in this case uh is that Quite frankly, running a prison is expensive. Mm-hmm. And Washington is a state that does not inc- like force a income, um, I guess an income tax. So because it doesn't have an income tax, I uh, know Washington does get its money everywhere else. Right. Uh, what ha- ends up happening is that it actually starts cutting across the board. So Washington was making cuts uh, to the prison food in this case because it was like, we don't have money. Even This isn't a private prison. We just 
don't have money. They were just like, we're going right. to give you a bologna sandwich. Also, as a uh, second um, shout out to the bologna sandwiches while I'm talking about it. Uh, <laughs> well, no, uh, I will point this out. I also did. Uh, it's like work. To, like you have to work to get out of your sentence. I, I can't remember what it's called because I'm, I'm half asleep. I, no, that's release. different. That's Sorry, when you're it's, in prison. That's when you're in prison and you go to work. It's essentially like community service, I guess would be the best way oh, to put it. Oh, like you uh, weren't with the guys with the orange vests on the highway? Yeah, so like... Uh, and actually, I it was a lot of wheat whacking, uh, like on the highway in other places. Uh, and I guess it's supposed to be like <laughs> it's supposed to be like uh, like a shaming because you're like, look at these people, they're out here doing work for the the state. But it was actually kind of nice to be outside. So, <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, one day it happened. Uh, it rained the entire day, so we were just we just had to sit in the van and watch it rain. And they counted all our hours. And so I was just like, this is the best community service of all time. Um, but anyway, <laughs> long story short. The thing I was going to say is, is uh, the sandwiches uh, followed me to my work study, or my, not work study, but to, it's not a work study. The sandwiches followed me to the uh, community service. Like they, they gave us the same like <laughs> bag lunch oh, for prison spooky. and for community service. I was actually mad because I was like, why would you give me Miracle Whip if I'm doing actual work outside? This is some, <laughs> some slave shit. Fuck all y'all. Um, <laughs> I was very angry about Miracle I hate Miracle Whip. I it's can't gross. explain that to you enough. It's the worst. It's like, it's why gross, would you do this? It's gross, especially when like what you really want is mayo on your sandwich. Yeah. So here's the deal. Let's just take <laughs> it. <laughs> I just realized we spent a lot of time talking about Miracle Whip. Uh, here's what's the the problem with um, like private prisons. Oh, I thought like Miracle Whip was. <laughs> no, I wish. I don't, I don't, we don't have enough time to talk about how much I hate Miracle Whip. <laughs> <laughs> private prisons uh the biggest problem is that they cut cost yeah uh, so the idea of a private prison is that for them to exist they have to be more cost efficient than a public prison right so so worse right so they have to be more cost efficient which means in, in, a, in an ideal world that cost efficiency uh just has to do with the fact that because they are for profit they are looking for um every single place that they can uh make you know small cuts to spending and tighten their belts to yeah. be able to house however many prisoners need to be housed while at the same time uh, basically still giving the same amount of quality and safety uh, or security, excuse me, uh, that a public prison would. That's the ideal world. It's just like we're motivated by profit so much that we're innovating and finding new ways to do things better. Mm, that's that's mm-hmm. the capitalist dream, which... Yeah, that's how it probably works too, right? Huh? No, because capitalism doesn't work. Uh, Damn! What, Foiled what again! Happens, yeah. What actually happens is uh, they... So the primary approach is they just cut the level of staff benefits and salary. In fact. Oh, okay. So like the people who take care of the prisoners. Yes. Now, I am mm. wanting to start off by saying I am not here to boo-hoo for corrections officers. Please. But if you work <laughs> as a corrections officer in a private corporation, you can earn up to $23,850 less on average in annual salary than if you work at a public prison. Wow. And what happens is like that extra money would go and the money and benefits really would go to like, you know, life. Uh, if you're a first corrections officer and you're earning that much more, you could uh, go to uh, college, for example, and it's get a, a social lot of money. worker. 
It's a yeah, lot of you money. Could, you could honestly, you could pay tuition to go to college and get a social worker degree. You can take better care of your family. Uh, but with this less money, what ends up happening is that they have to turn over more people. And so right. you have correctional officers who are newer, who uh, you know, they're not paying enough money in salary, so they're definitely not paying for training, not really. So they don't really know what they're doing, and they also don't give a fuck about their job because you're no. not paying them enough. So when that happens, essentially, uh, they remind me of the orderlies at the psych ward. <laughs> Yeah, we're like, I don't get paid enough for this shit. It's just they're like, the I don't give vibe. a shit. I'm gonna lock you in a room. Right, exactly. The I don't get paid enough for this shit is the entire vibe. Yeah, and so like the problem really with that is, uh, as they expand their reach, you're giving less quality, less safety and security, and uh, it's more dangerous for you to live in one of those prisons. You know, like the 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 um, idea we have a prison of having to fight people for carrots comes yeah. from private prisons. Yeah. In a public prison, there's enough staff and there's enough people there to prevent you from having to kill someone for your carrots. In a <laughs> prison, you have I to kill so. for carrots. Well, it, it, it's, it's, there's a, let me find the statistic. There is actually a statistic about like how much more safe it is. I think it's like seven times safer in a public prison than a, a private. There's a whole thing about like uh, the, and a lot of it has to do with staffing. Right. Oh, I'm sorry, not seven. That's 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 seven's wild. Assaults in private prisons occur at double the rate found in public facilities. Damn. Public facilities tend to be safer, and that privately operated prisons appear to have systemic problems in maintaining secure facilities. So if you're in a privately owned prison or a for-profit prison, you are more likely to be shanked for for carrots, basically. Uh, or just for existing than anywhere else because there's not enough staff and security because again we are trying to cut costs so fewer cameras fewer staff the smaller rooms less time outside all of that stuff like leads up to be basically people losing their mind and just shanking each other because they've been treated like animals and there's the opportunity because there's less people looking over your shoulder there's no one there to stop you and and you know what the the wild part is is if you kill someone there it's actually probably great because then they can bring in another prisoner and get paid more and for them it is about the profit it is not about the prisoners or rehabilitation mm-hmm. <sighs> okay we gotta take sad a yeah it is frown town uh, when we come back we will talk i guess about uh wh- why felons can't vote and let's also talk about uh sentencing inconsistency because why the fuck hot topics <laughs> we'll be back <laughs> Hey, Fee Chatty here. You might know me from seeing comedy in Seattle in the before times or from Frowntown, the podcast you're currently listening to. Are you tired of the same old Zoom hangouts? Do you like weird shit? Are you tired of dolls staring at you with their dead eyes and saying nothing? If you answered yes or no to any of these questions, join me, Fee Chatty, or more specifically, Declan the Doll, my doll per ganger and host of America's Hottest Doll Bar, the first doll-based Zoom venue in the world. Join us every Saturday night at 8 p.m. for open mics and showcases featuring comics, musicians, artists, and all sorts of weirdos. Being a performer or artist is not necessary to show up and enjoy. Our only ask is that you bring a doll. Don't have a doll? Sure you do. Draw a face on your finger. Put some googly eyes on a knife. Be creative. That's America's Hottest Doll Bar. Every Saturday at 8 p.m. Follow us on Instagram at America's Hottest Doll Bar for the Zoom link. See you there. Hey, welcome back to Frontown. 
Okay, I know I said that we weren't going to do this, but <laughs> <laughs> it was six, then zero, then one for me. And I was like, wait, what? It's always messed up on your end. It's crystal perfect on my end. That's I don't a- understand what's happening with it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, welcome back to Frown Town. <laughs> We're back. Can, can uh, I just say one thing about, uh, speaking of uh, criminal. Uh, okay. The war. Ding, ding, the, ding, ding, ding. The, the. <laughs> <laughs> the instructions for my new pain my refill of pain medications are mm-hmm. criminally patronizing really yes because they they didn't want to give me more pain meds even though last time i had the same surgery well almost the same they gave me two rounds and this time they said mm-hmm. if you need another round let us know and they gave right. me enough the first month for like you know i've been it's been 6 weeks since my surgery so like yeah, yeah i'm going to go through 40 of the through 40 pills probably yeah um Makes so sense. When I hit them up, they were like, well, you really should be switching to, uh, you know, over the counter. I'm like, I have, but I've also been, you know, on bad days, you know, two days a week. I would like to not feel pain if that's yes. okay with you. Two days a week. That's, that's what I, where I'm at. But they make, they make it seem like I'm like addicted to the pills because they say on the one side, take one tablet by mouth every six to eight hours only if needed for severe pain <laughs> and then taper by increasing time between doses by one to two hour increments having the dose like they you they needed two stickers to be that patronizing also what does having the dose mean that last part it means that you uh, you oh, how, dose having having h-a-l-v halving halving you said having i was like what do you mean having the dose yeah because it's a half how, how, not oh a house. how do you even say that i don't know how to say that correctly having. i don't having it's but okay so cutting it in half halving Yes, halfing the dose is what I would say. <laughs> I don't know how to make that make sense. I, fuck English. All right, so but I, it is patronizing. You know, it is patronizing, and I will say I, I get why they're so uh, – I, I get it. I get why they're being careful because we do have an opioid opioid epidemic on, and uh, yeah, yeah. there's But you also a, have like – there's an epi- opioid crisis, but you also have a pain crisis of your own, and it would be nice I if they were respectful. I do have a pain crisis. <laughs> it would be nice um, if they were respectful of your pain crisis as well. I know, God, Jay. It's like they, it's like somehow my doctor knows that I used to be addicted to drugs. It's really unfortunate. <laughs> I never tell my doctor. <laughs> no, like I didn't. Doctor, I didn't tell I, them because then so, they don't give it to you because they think that it has to do with the drugs and not the period of your life that you're going through. Isn't that weird? Yeah, and well, the weird thing too is like I don't even like to tell my doctor that I smoke weed because I feel like oh, I, I tell them triumphantly that I smoke weed, but I live in Seattle, so I, I the so every time it's been uh when this is all in Washington, so every time I, I would never in Alabama because it's illegal, but yeah. in Washington when I when I tell them that I feel like I get this well every time I've gotten this like uh it could also be the places I was living in Washington I was in Everett and then also in Edmonds too relatively like Edmund, Everett especially is extremely conservative. I found out, uh, which is funny because it's like rampant with meth. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's usually where it is. That's that's the part that was like for a place I thought it would be way less conservative. But you no, ever it's been a very to Arizona? That's a red state, and that is where meth comes from. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's so weird to me. But long story short, uh, I I kept getting like like talks from the doctor about well, you know, smoking's bad for your health. I'm like, yeah, but so is also me going crazy and like killing myself. So like. Yes. 
let's let's even it out. Either I dull my senses to the point where I stop thinking because I kind of need to do that, yeah. or I lose my mind. Which one do you <laughs> want? And I, I refuse to take uh, antidepressants, uh, and mainly because I've done it before and I've had such terrible experiences with them. Uh, I'm not at a point. I guess what I say is that I feel more comfortable medicating with weed than I do with pills currently and that and should I, that be may change that may change right as an american yeah. it is and that may change i mean uh, maybe some point in the future it's a little I, more expensive if you don't have uh, uh, if you have like, health oh, insurance because no. <laughs> your health insurance I, I don't know if you know this but um they don't take um medicaid Kindly? or any sort of insurance at the weed store you go in there and you're like i have insurance and they're like <laughs> Oh, Good okay. for you. We don't. <laughs> great, great. We still have to deposit all of our money in cash uh, yeah. because we can't have bank accounts. <laughs> Give us your money. Oh, man. That's, man, that entire, in fact, I feel like that's something we should talk about on the 420 show. Yes, if, we if should. If we're capable of having conversations, I I think that's going to. Yeah, I don't know if, I I don't know if we've stupid. mentioned this, but we are because legally we can, and this is great. The, the, the great state of Washington has legalized mm-hmm. marijuana, so we can go and purchase a bunch of edibles which we will yeah. be doing We're gonna before ingest our show. a large amount uh so i i am going to ingest what is essentially an entire package of edi- edibles like 100 milligrams of edibles. i also uh, am going to ingest 100 milligrams of edibles and i want to i want to set this up to say if I'm trying to like go to sleep, like I'm trying to have like a really great nap, yeah. I usually do four edibles and then like uh, an hour later, I am ready. So 30 minutes yeah. before the show, I'm going to pop all 10. I'm going to set everything up for the show before I do it. The and most then- I've ever taken of edibles was I took 60 milligrams of edibles. I've done eight. And it, I, I used to have, well, that's not true. I had a, uh, I used to have this and then we're going to get to the rest of the show. But I, used to, <laughs> I, I bought, I, uh, so they sell this like cannabis oil where you can get like 3,000 milligrams essentially or three grams essentially of, of like straight up and down cannabis oil. And I got it because I was like, I'm going to try to like cook with it or to the point, like make my food edible basically. Well, sure. edibles, you, you get it. So it's like, I'm going to make delicious food and then I'm going to tap this weed oil on it and then I'm going to eat it and I'm going to get mad high. And I did a full tube of that. So they came in like thousand milligram tubes. I did a full thousand milligrams of mm-hmm. it and I got wicked high. <laughs> And it was to the point where like, like it was, it was weird. I was like, this is, this is too much. (laughs) It's great. I'm so excited. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, and we're, it's going to be good. We'll, we're going to talk about, uh, weed laws while also, uh, taking advantage of one. But right now, let's go back, uh, to prison. No, so, I don't want to go back to prison. I'm sorry. I mean, v, we got to go to, back. I've never been to prison, but I don't want to go. Okay. Let's go to prison. So we, we're in prison. <laughs> uh, so we talked about the fact that in like for profit, for profit private prisons are, uh, pretty much the worst thing ever, but prison itself is not great. Uh, you know what? One of the worst parts of prison is V. It's not the food. Um, not the food. It's not the. It's not. It's not the constant fear for your life. The beatings. It's not the beatings. The rape. I mean, I forgot about the rape, but I mean, it's the fact it that you're there in the, the first rape. place. It's probably all of those things. Uh, one of the worst parts about being in prison is that many of the people who are in prison are felons and they can't vote. And I know that seems like it's not that big a deal, but let's talk about how many people are in the prison system. Uh huh. A lot. Uh, approximately 5.85 million Americans are banned from voting. 5.8 million? That's how much Rick Ross paid for his house. <laughs> That's the best comparison of all time. Right. If there he were got a, a dollar, deal on it, but still. <laughs> if That house is huge. If there were it's a dollar. So 
you know, the funny thing is, Rick Ross was corrections officer. So if there were a dollar for every person who couldn't vote because they were a felon and Rick Ross got that dollar as a corrections officer, he could buy that house. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the thing that that's starting to happen, fortunately, is that some states are starting to allow uh, felons to vote. So, for example, uh, if you have a felony conviction in Washington. Yes. You can vote, but only upon completion of sentence. Okay. So you can't vote while you're in prison. Can anyone vote in prison? Yes. If you are in prison in Montana. Oh. Oh wait, no. no, no, no. There's no, there's no voting day at prison. Like, remember, remember? Oh when... no, there's no place in the United States where you can vote. Oh wait, nope. I take it back. There's two places. Where? So in, in two places, uh, if you are in Vermont, oh, that makes if sense. you're in Maine, so okay. Maine, first of all, in Vermont are two of the whitest states. <laughs> <laughs> And you say that living in Washington. Yes, a very white state. Like literally a white supremacist stronghold. Yes. So if you're in those states, you can vote if you are in prison. You can vote if you have a felony. You can vote. Everyone can vote. And that's the way it should be for everywhere. And and it should be noted. Like I know, I know, I get it. Look, we say racism a lot on this show. Um, What? We talk about racism a lot on this show. uh, But it should be noted that I think some of the reason why felons can't vote are racist, but I think there's also a disenfranchisement because for people who are in prison, because think about it like this, if every person, because people in prison, you have a large stronghold of people who could all talk and idealize and, you know, and build an ideology all together and then vote along the same lines. So sure. you can have these prison populations and prison populations, interestingly enough, all communicate with one another. I don't know how they manage it, but if something happens in one prison, you kind of know about it in another prison. Yeah, because well, people people get You're transferred all the time. People yeah. get transferred and then they do the the kites. There's the kites. I don't know about the kites. What are it's the kites? Flying a kite. You You fly you, a kite. You just like you toss stuff you toss it's like passing notes in school, but instead there's of being desks in between you, there's bars. Oh, okay. Well yeah Um you can also people pass notes through the toilets. Also, like people pass notes to the correctional officers. Let's let's be real. Like that's true. You, there's a solid chance that the correctional officers are like, "Yeah, I'll take a note for you. How much do you give me to do it? Because they don't fucking pay me enough to work in this prison." Exactly. <laughs> there's also that problem. Mm-hmm. But in in all of those cases, though, uh, think about what would happen if you mobilized even just in one state. If you were able to mobilize an entire prison system, that's think a about lot the change of that could happen. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of, people, of people, and it's also a lot of um, a lot of votes, and a lot, a lot of people of votes. Who have nothing to do. Like they're not going to miss their chance to vote because yeah. they don't have anything else to do. You, like you can't be like, "Well, the poll is going to close in an hour." Okay, well, I'll stand <laughs> in line. I whatever. Well, you, you're going to miss work. Yeah. Well, I get paid like two cents an hour, so <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just won't stamp any license plates today. Like you can. In, in all honesty, I think that is the greater reason. And they know, I think, that people who are in prison, who are currently experiencing the prison system, they might vote a little bit differently yeah. on certain policies, frankly. Yeah, and people who back those policies. And uh, if you think about it, if these people are in prison, and a lot of towns, I've noticed, if uh, towns with uh, private prisons, mm-hmm. the prison is like the main employer in that town. So, like, when you're living in that town, is the prison your residence? Is that how you vote? You know what I mean? And if you're voting all of a sudden this small town where everybody in town, you know, the prisoners can't vote, but then all of a sudden the prisoners can vote. I feel like in a lot of those towns, you would end up with more prisoners voting than non-prisoners. 
Correct. And that, that's why and I that think the, the threat is. Them. I think that's where the, and, and when you couple in the fact that the majority of the people who are prisoners in those types of places and settings are people of color, then you start getting this concept that, well, the prisoners are going to take over, you know, our way of life. And quite frankly, that's- what are you, What's next, Jay? A criminal running for president? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a story for you. Um, <laughs> not only does he run for president, he gets it and then goes all four years. That, you know what? Shit. Just as, a, just as a quick side note, I have been watching a lot of Saturday Night Live, like, reruns uh-huh. uh, just on Hulu. And I've been watching, like, the- you know, the the run up to Trump and uh-huh. the Trump years, and then you know, at, you know, post Trump, and it is wild to me how many times we're like, "This is it. He is going to jail. There's no way he's going to survive this." And he people just, are so dumb. He's a goddamn <laughs> champion. I will give him. You got to give him credit. So, like <laughs> the funniest sketch to me was uh, they do this thing where it's like Donald Trump, but he's black, so he's Darius Trump. It's called uh-huh. the Trumps, and literally each one of them end with him immediately getting arrested. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, that's that's accurate because he's like, he's like, I'm the I'm the president of the United States. There's nothing. Oh, do nope, nope, you want me to get out the car? Okay, I'm getting out the car. And it was like, yeah, yeah, this is uh, this is this is accurate. Okay, so um, <laughs> I will post in the notes uh, a list of there, so there's a site that I have that is two. So there's a site that ACLU has that has a handy disenfranchisement law map that shows you like which states uh, have laws that allow felons to vote. Here's which our states handy don't. dandy law disenfranchisement map. It's a handy map. <laughs> and then the National Conference of State Legislatures also has uh, like all this information kind of in an explainer, I guess, to kind of help you know like the the more detailed parts of the policies about like uh, the laws themselves. So if you're like, for instance, in Arizona, uh, Arizona law 13904 uh, says a conviction for a felony suspends the rights of a person to vote unless they have been restored uh, to civil rights, uh, which is in Arizona Constitution, Article 7, uh, verse, t- uh, verse, paragraph 2. <laughs> 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 no, paragraph 2. <laughs> That's not a verse. It's a paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> like all of that information is kind of laid out for you by state with the law so if you want to dive into like what your state is doing you can do that so i'll put links to both of those in the notes um yeah i don't know why i said verse it's i was in a church for a long time yeah Um, no i get it i'm just uh go on go on (laughs) the last thing i kind of want to talk about uh Kind of came up because, uh, you know, I also, so I'm trying to figure out how to talk, tell this. So you remember sure. last week when we were talking about like our experiences with guns and I was like, I have a friend who shot someone. So I, I said he was 17. I was wrong. The person he shot was 17. He was 22. I actually, after okay. we talked about that, I went and looked up that friend because I wanted to know if he was still in jail. Uh, he got 35 years, uh, but he was eligible for parole. And it, it's been uh, like, I was, oh man. So it's been 19 years since this happened. Damn. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I re- I remember when it happened. Uh, this the story, and I, I don't know if I told the full story, but uh, I'll tell parts of it just because it's interesting. Uh, so our town in Alabama, uh, our city in Alabama is Huntsville. That's where I grew up. Huntsville used to do this thing where uh, they would do like this because uh, they had a problem with, or let me rephrase that. Huntsville thought it had a problem with gang violence. Oh, right. So it, I started to say it had a problem, but then I was like, wait a minute, no, it didn't have a problem. Huntsville thought it had a problem with gang violence. What it really had a problem with is there were a lot of uh, disenfranchised black people in the South and they're living in abject poverty. And in the case of Huntsville, you could literally look inside 
some cases across the street and see that the people on that side have higher property values, have better schools, and it's just a better side of town. Uh, And when you can see that, it really kind of puts you in a place of, uh, you know, when capitalism tells you your worth is defined by how much money you have, you start doing whatever it takes to make money. Some of those things put you uh, on like, you know, the path to like Harvard and you, you run a corporation. And then some of those things require you to get a gun and shoot people. Yes. That's how, that's how money making works. There's other ways to make money, but you know, the getting a gun and shooting people way was very popular in parts <laughs> of Huntsville. So uh, Huntsville was trying to curb a lot of this at the high school level. And so they did this thing where they, they would throw these events. Uh, I think it was like, it's like called just chilling or some like really bad play on like on specific black language to be like, Hey guys, we're just chilling. Just come hang out with us. <laughs> No guns, just good vibes. And so, like, they would invite all the kids who are of a certain age to this thing. And then, like, they would all hang out. It was like a, a glorified formal, basically. Sure. And they would spend the entire oh, night. Oh, like a kind prom? Of- like an anti-gang um, prom? Not really a prom because prom has the whole like walk part of it. This sure. didn't have a walk. It was just like you you came dressed however you wanted to and it would be like, oh, we're going to open. We're going to, uh, there's the, the Civic Center, which was the biggest arena in town. We're going to like open it up. We'll like, you know, decorate it. And then you come, you dance, we'll have a DJ. And then like you just hang out. There's no drugs. There's no alcohol. There's no guns. And it's just a place where it's like, oh, maybe if you see, like if I'm a crip and I see a blood hanging out and dancing to the same song as me and we do the electric slide together then i won't shoot them in the streets later which like is the bullshit. roller like the roller <laughs> ring in oakland yeah which is bullshit that's not how this works <laughs> it's you don't leave people in an oppressive system but then give them games and think that that's going to solve the problem like it's a very roman system I'm, so at I'm, one I'm of, sorry you're saying that um like tic-tac-toe isn't going to solve no this the electric slide is not the answer Damn. don't get me wrong and, and black communities have often tried to have like gangs engage in like dance battles but what happens is those dance battles turn into knife fights and then they start shooting <laughs> each other that's oh, <laughs> that's the no. nature of being in a, and that's what happens when you're oppressed all right but organized anyway, so, crime <laughs> Yeah. At one of those nights, uh, my friend, who was way too old to be there, shot someone who was the appropriate age to be there. He was 22. Oh, no. He shot someone who was like 17 and killed him. He got 35 years in prison. Uh, and he actually tried to appeal. And what I found his appeal process, because when you look up, because Alabama does this thing where you can just straight up and down look up any prisoner if you know Florida. their name. Florida did that too. You can look up anybody, not just any prisoner, but everybody's arrest record for the past seven years. It was my favorite. Yeah, when we were in high I school, can... we would look up all of our teachers' DUIs. Well, what's wild is that like you can look up, the, it has a picture of them yep. when they're booked. It tells yep. you their age. When they when they were booked, it tell, like it's there is. I had a family it, member for the longest time who I kept track of just by looking up his arrest record. And like, I can also like, I can see his visitation schedule. All of this is just open. Yeah. Which, wild. But one of the things that I found is that they kind of went through like uh, his criminal appeal. So he was convicted uh, in 97. Wow, it's amazing. So they have all the information. They're just like, yeah. and his butthole is three centimeters <laughs> when fully dilated. <laughs> well, he was four and a half, but yes. Uh, <laughs> 
but like and they, they so they they have like uh his appeal and so what, what happened what i found is because i started digging through all this to try to find more information about him to see like if he was paroled his parole sure. was denied by the way uh in his appeal oh interestingly enough his appeal got uh his ability to get an appeal was denied and it was denied on like a technicality so like he tried to file appeal and he did file his appeal in a timely notice so he was convicted in february 97 uh his conviction was affirmed in 97 and then he tried to file uh for his um for his his appeal in 97 uh he he tried to file and something happened and and so they gave him a certificate of a judgment and then in 99 he filed a petition for post-conviction relief saying that he should be allowed to file an out-of-time application for a rehearing so he tr- he tried to file in 97 for some reason like his lawyer didn't do it it got lost they didn't have it and so he tried to say well this was my counsel should have followed up and because he didn't i should be able to refile and they were like no so he never got oh, his appeal because, because they like, missed they it lost up. their they lost his paperwork and then his lawyer never followed up and so then he never got an appeal oh yeah well that's not good right. So, uh, long story short, uh, when he went in for a parole, and there's a whole explanation of, like, why they can't, uh, like, why they're not going to do it. But long story short, it started making me think also about, like, sentencing and parole and, like, how getting parole is really kind of indicative of how your sentencing went. So, like, right. you can't get parole in some sentence- sentences because the judge just feels like you shouldn't. And did you know, I found this out, which was interesting, prison sentences can vary up to 63% depending upon the judge. <laughs> oh, no. 63% is a, a lot. lot. So It's a lot. And now, like, when you're saying the prison sentences can vary, you're saying like you could have like a 63% chance of getting a totally different verdict just by going like the, to a different judge. Here, I'll, 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 I'll read it to you. Uh, the length of jail time defendants in the United States receive increasingly depends on the judge hearing their case. So the amount of time you get in jail depends upon your judge. And it's at a 63% spread. So like there's the judge at one end who's like, you get all the time, is 63% different from the judge on the other end who's like, what up? So like, <laughs> the cool judge is a 63% difference from the bad judge. Wow. Yes. And like, in certain jurisdictions, it's high. Like in Manhattan, it's a 59% spread. In Chicago, it's a 50% spread. And of 30 cities that they study, 25 have spreads. Wow. Well, I know, like, for example, uh, you know, Andy Awansio, uh does a great joke about when she... Uh, had to stand before a judge who had actually a like he was like the worst judge in the in the city or something he had he he ended up getting taken out of that seat i believe but like he uh he saw how she was dressed you know like her regular clothes and started like asking her uh because for those of you who don't know andy is a a trans woman and Mm -hmm. she he started asking her uh like questions about uh like, how do you, you know, how do you think you're going to look in something from a Fredericks of Hollywood catalog when I put you in prison? Uh, because, you know, prison uh, and sexual assault. And uh, I have to say, yeah, it, I'm, I'm guessing that that judge probably had a... Uh, <laughs> that, uh, that, that that alone should be enough to get you removed from your seat. Yeah, that judge uh, doesn't even consider uh, trans people to be legitimate. So how do you think that's going to affect 
you know, his opinion. So we've got all these judges who are supposed to be. Yeah. And her sentencing because of that. If if you don't view me as being a human being, then you're definitely not going to have any type of sympathy or pity towards me. And she does a joke about it. It's way funnier than the way that I told it. Uh, That wasn't funny at all. That was actually uh, terrifying. It's like, that's a joke? No, that's the thing. Andy is uh, an amazing comedian and uh, she can make that experience into a joke, which is why we love her. Um, well, that's, yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's why we love all comedians. That's kind of what we do. <laughs> and we do the same thing. We, we both have jokes that are like, when you tell them at their face, you're like, what? I have a joke <laughs> about calling a, f- a baby a nigger. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> There's, on his face, it's like, what? But I mean, it works. It works in the joke. Um, I don't know. So like, that, that on its face is pretty funny to me. As long as the person <laughs> doing it is black. Yes. I'm all for and calling the baby babies the N-word. Oh, that's <laughs> even better. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Was, it. it was, it's a fun time. Um, Frankly, I love when my boyfriend calls me the N-word. It makes me feel so happy. If you're a black uh, person and you have a white man in your life, if you just call them the n-word they will feel so happy <laughs> <laughs> there's one there's one final thing and then and then we're going to wrap up because we're almost done here sure uh, there's t- well two things all right so uh, i want to read this paragraph and then i want to make this point and i i will say the second thing is going to be more about i'm going to put a link in the notes for you to check out uh but let's this paragraph is important uh not important it's just interesting the discrepancies most often turn up in cases where defendant turns state's witness and provides assistance to the government oh yeah, so like uh like Takashi six nine who was like, I'll tell you everything. Oh my god. <laughs> Had to reference. Uh co- so some judges would say, Go home. You did a wonderful job. <laughs> Others were like, I'll take a year off your thirty year sentence. That's oh. the discretion that they're supposed to have, and there's so much that varies from case to case and from judge to judge. So there's that. And I will add uh, that there is, surprise, surprise, a racial element here. What? Um, What do you mean? Yeah. Here's a couple of facts. So this is all from the um, OpenSocietyFoundations.org. This is the link that I'll put in my notes. They have a study that they did, uh, that they published, called Racial Disparity in Sentencing. Um, Here's what they found, uh, some of their key findings. Uh, Blacks are more likely to be disadvantaged in terms of sentence length at the federal level, while Latinos, or I guess Latinx uh, people, are more likely to be disadvantaged in terms of the decision to incarcerate. Both Latinx and Black people are more likely to be disadvantaged in the decision to incarcerate or not. So when it comes to like, are we going to convict them or put them in prison? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are. Uh, Young black and young Latinx males tend to be sentenced more severely than comparably situated white males. And there's one other capital punishment. In the vast majority of cases, the race of the victim tends to have an effect on the sentence outcome with white victim cases more often resulting in death sentences. So if you kill a white person, you're going to get killed. And then, uh, especially if you're black. And then uh, in some jurisdictions, notably in the federal system, <clears throat> the race of the defendant also affects sentencing outcomes, with minority defendants more likely to receive a death sentence than white defendants. So what you should know is if you're white and someone kills you, the person who kills you, if, especially if you're in a state like Texas or someplace that has a death sentence, they're really likely to get the death sentence. So you can feel kind of good about that. <laughs> but Well, uh, I mean, it's like, you, you, I think... Uh, it's, it's a, te- you can feel like, a little bit good about it. Ted Bundy was like originally um, sentenced to 15 years in prison. Yeah. Uh, on his yeah. first trial. Uh, and the judge, the judge was even like, well, I feel really bad that I have to send it to you to prison because you seem like a really upstanding young man. I wish that you had chosen <laughs> a better path. 
I'm like, what yeah. the fuck is this your fucking son? Or even just like uh what recently there was the uh I guess there was the, that one kid who like raped someone and the judge was like, I feel like you've just had a bad shake in life. And so like they the judge gave the kid like I wanna say he was a college student and so they gave him like Are you a talking year. about the guy from uh uh Probably the, the judge the, gave him some like the ridiculously guy who, light sentence. Who uh got, got the woman at a party and took her to the bushes? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Wait, was that rape and murder or just rape? No, it was just rape. His name was Brock something. Yeah, that motherfucker that who idiot. got like the lightest goddamn sentence of all time, like three to six months or something. Yeah, it was this super light because they don't want to ruin his bright and promising future. That part of it was the most shocking thing that I'd ever seen in my life. And I mean, I think- it wasn't shocking to me, honestly. Uh, well, as somebody who I think, has I think gone the to the police to about me, that stuff, it's yeah. not. Yeah, I think that the shocking thing to me was that they said it out loud. Like normally, it's like right. like normally it's like you know that's why they're doing it. But like the justification is always some like, well, you've done community service up till now, and blah, 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 you've never shown any propensity. It's always kind of hidden in some bullshit. But right. with that one, they were just like, no, you're white, and we think you're gonna be worth something. And mm-hmm. that shit is wild that they just said it out loud. Anyway, uh. There is a legitimate problem with sentencing in this country. Um, and lawyers know it. They are aware that if they go in front of specific judges, um, basically they're going to be better off. This judge is a ball buster, Jerry. But that also kind of, that also kind of causes some uh, disparity because like if you get like, for instance, a public defender, they're not trying to get their case moved anywhere. They're just trying to get it out. So like right, you have to pay have for a lot an of attorney. Cases. And you have to pay for an attorney who's going to look for a judge who's going to let them win. Uh, I wish we had more time, but we don't. We got to wrap. V. I'm so glad that we're done with this part. We're not. We're going to oh, talk right. about restorative justice next week. Oh, or next, next week. Next yeah. episode. Yeah. So we're going to wrap here. Next episode, we're going to talk about restorative justice. And I guess let's get into, let's spend next episode theoretically talking about what uh, the justice system should look like. Sure. So this will be this episode was bleak because we're talking about what it is and how if we're gonna keep it with this realism or this this current system, how we can at least make it a little bit better. Actually, we didn't talk about how to make it better. We just said like this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so let's talk about how to make it better next episode. V, if people want to contact you to give you a prison in your thoughts, yeah, they're gonna make you a prisoner in your mind. I'm already how, a prisoner of my own mind, baby. How can people uh, put money on your books? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can my my commissary account is uh located <laughs> uh venmo that's at vv vvc uh wait five v's and one c yeah no that's yep. that's right you can you, you can right. do that uh you can hit me up on on the venmo um you can on also venmo. find me <laughs> uh you can find me on twitter or instagram uh, that's going to be at vchatty. That's V-E-E-C-H-A-T-T-I-E. Uh, slide into my DMs and talk to me about laws. Or even <laughs> if you don't know something, be like, oh, I heard that this was a law somewhere. And then... Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe it'll picks. Yeah, give me give me those <laughs> send, hot send me picture, law picks. Send me some pictures of your constitution. Uh, and <laughs> also tweet at a, a tweet at us. Uh, we have a a Twitter for the podcast at Frowntown Pod, and we also have an Instagram <clears throat> at Frowntown Pod. And uh, you know, tweet at us if you feel comfortable about you know how do you feel about people voting when they're in prison? Uh, and yeah. have you been in prison and? Could you vote there? And what was the process like? 
I'm actually very curious about that. I, I don't like, know. I guess, yeah, if you're in Vermont and Maine, and you, or by the way, DC also allows you to vote while in prison. If you've been in a prison and, and able to vote, we are actually very curious what the process is like. So contact us. You can contact me as well. So uh, I'm adjective underscore J on Twitter and Instagram. And if I would love, if someone would be willing to do this, if you have that experience to give us a call, you don't have to offer up any of your personal information, but it will be your voice telling us your experience. Uh, the number to call. Oh, can we... Uh, just uh, if they don't want their uh, if they want their voice kind of obscured we can do that right no no we can't we no, can't put it through a filter I, I mean theoretically I think I could okay here's but... what you do you want to get a paper towel tube and take a napkin we, we, and put no please because then there's a solid <laughs> chance we won't there's a solid uh, chance that we won't let's not even open this Pandora's box so all call right. in the number for the show is 425-224. I'm legitimately going to cut all that, by the way. 425-224-7621. Again, that's 425-224-7621 uh, or POC1 because I am the number one POC. Um, please leave us five-star reviews on Apple. That is another way that we uh, would appreciate you sharing the show. Also, just share the show. Like, make people listen to it when they come to your house because that's going to start happening. People are getting vaccinated. There's going to be a gathering. Just be like, oh, let's put on uh, some background noise and then just throw in our podcast my bestie al plays um the podcast at work and makes yeah. their co-workers listen to me so Do more of that shout That's out to I al like. and shout out to um al's co-workers al's co-workers hey. hi yeah yeah that's right i don't know you're why welcome so I don't know why the hate was so flirty. Um, right. uh, because we're stuck inside. We've been inside for so long. Uh, we have to go. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back uh, next episode to talk about restorative justice. But for now, you can be restored by the powers of FCON. Hell yeah. Yeah.